Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm joined on the podcast today by Stephen Arion, author of the novel The Judas Blossom, book one of The Nightingale and the Falcon. Grimdark Magazine wrote about the novel, The Judas Blossom is an ambitious, majestic, and brutal historical fantasy read that impresses throughout. The novel skillfully covers an era, areas, and cultures that are not typical with fantasy novels or historical retellings with excellent action scenes, sieges, confrontations, barbed verbal exchanges, political intrigue, deception, and cleverness. A riveting tale set in a dynamic world that is equally beautiful and terrifying. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your novel, The Judas Blossom, how would you describe the novel? Sure. Okay. So it's historical fantasy, and it's set in 13th century Persia. And during this era of history, the Mongol Empire was growing across the whole world. They're essentially trying to create one empire that spanned everything in the known world. And in the period that the story is set, the grandsons of Genghis Khan each rule one of the four areas, or Khanates, and one of them covers a portion of the Middle East, as we know it today, that includes uh, Persia being the main sort of part of it. And my story focuses on a rebellion about the local people and some others who have essentially been invaded by the Mongols. They lost the war, their army is broken, but they haven't give up, given up the fight, and it's about them attempting to find a way to destroy the invaders, essentially, and uh, bring freedom back to their country. And I'm curious, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing The Judas Blossom? Probably it was a collection of different things. Um, I wanted to do something very, very different to all of my previous novels. I had been reading some books about the Mongols in that period. I'd watched the Netflix TV show, Marco Polo, which is set in a similar era, but a different part of the world. I wanted to lean into my Persian uh, culture and heritage. Um, and so all of these things were kind of in the background of my mind over the last probably three or four years. And then I started doing some deeper diving into this particular period and realized how extremely complicated it was. And that if I was going to tell a story about this era, I would have to take some liberties in order to make it a cohesive narrative that could be enjoyable for people who are not just historians, um, that it, events would flow in a slightly different way. So it was never going to be a pure historical retelling. That would just be very, very difficult and require years of research, as opposed to the few months that I did. Well, well on that note, I mean, as you said, it, it, it is a historical fantasy. What kind of research did you do prior to writing the novel? So I've got a stack of books on my shelf that you can't see that um, <laughs> talk about Mongol uh, culture, the army, some of the great campaigns, and some of the major events that happened during this period. So all of the main events in the book are historically accurate in terms of what happened, but who was there mm -hmm. and when it happened, I've had to move around because sometimes the wars could go on for several years. And unless I have the story suddenly skip 
you know, two years, and then they say, oh, now the war's ended, and then the story continues. <laughs> it wasn't ever going to work, you know, in that way. So I had to kind of look at history, look at how to weave a story between the raindrops, as it were, and then how to add my own stuff on top and integrate it into a way so that it feels organic and have some kind of fantastical stuff in there as well. So this isn't um, over fantasy. Like if you've read, I think it's um, Pierre Perval has done The French Revolution, but with dragons, and you know that from immediately from the front <laughs> cover, there's a knight on dragon, you know, on a dragon's back. So you know exactly what you're getting. This is more a case of it's closer to history than fantasy, but there's some stuff in there that's a little bit out there. Uh, there's a hint of magic, I guess. It's not the overriding theme or the main part of the story, but it is there as an element of it. So can you tell us about your original writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel published? Oh, yeah. How long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did it the hard way. I did it the long way. Uh, there's a really long blog post on my website that explains it in more detail. But very, very briefly, I started submitting novels um, in my 20s. And I wrote a number of novels and was rejected. I did another one over and over and over again. You know, I'd write the book, edit it, get friends to read it, edit it again, send it out to full list of agents, get rejected by every single one, have a little break and start a new novel. So I started submitting books in about 2000, 2001. And I got an expression of interest from an agent in 2013. I met with the agent, we talked, and uh, she took me on as a client. And my debut novel, Battle Mage, came out in 2015 with Orbit. Um, so yeah, over you know, 10, 12 years of of writing novels and attempting to get somewhere before I was successful. Well, well, what can you remember? What was it that that initially um, kind of prompted you to sit down and start working on your first novel? Had you been someone who always written stories as a kid, or what made you kind of sit down that very first time and start on page one? Um, yeah, I was definitely a, a person that liked to write stories as a kid. I re I've, I've always been reading books, and I've always been reading fantasy stories and folklore and mythology. So it was kind of natural that if I was going to write a story, it was going to be somewhere in that space because it's what I loved then and I still love now. So I, I was writing stories all the time as a kid. And as part of my school project in kind of college, so senior high school, I guess, for, for America, it, it was you had to write something creative and I wrote the first chapter of what would become a fantasy novel. As it turned out, I did finish the novel. I never submitted it because <laughs> it was awful. But that was, it goes back to when I was 19, I first started writing my first fantasy novel. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I, I did read that article on your on your website, and yeah. um, you just mentioned the the kind of thirteen year process from two thousand until you um, started submitting the book that eventually became your your um, first published novel. Yeah, uh, what what do you think that you were were learning during those thirteen years, just from a writing perspective? Um, it's a good question. I think patience was one of them. <laughs> I think I learned, I've learned there's, there's some things you can't control and you just have to do the best that you can and hope. Luck plays a big part in whether, in whether your book is picked up or not. Timing is another one. But in terms of my actual ability, the more you do anything, the better you get at it. And that first novel was terrible. And I'm glad I didn't send it in to agents. But in the process of doing it, I learned something about characters world building dialogue and you know when i looked back to it maybe like six months or a year after it i would i would wince even then thinking yeah that's not good so it was just improving my my skill my craft i guess how to do the thing that i wanted to do how to do it clearly um how to make characters feel more like real people and less like extensions of me because early novels friends would read the books and they'd say Oh, that, that character feels very much like you. That character feels like so-and-so was a friend of ours. And I was, you write what you know to begin with, I think. And I was writing the people that I knew in some way or another. So I just, I think over the, the course of the time, I learned a lot about the industry from going to events, talking to agents, publishers, other writers. And over the course of many novels, just gradually getting better with every novel and writing what I wanted and not what I thought I should write, which is something I, I tried with one book and it just didn't work. That's great. Well, what was your writing process when you were working on the Judas Blossom? Are you someone who does extensive outlining or did you just kind of dive into the narrative once you had this kind of idea? How does that work for you? My a technique hasn't really changed on all of my novels. I tried writing by the seat of my pants once for a whole novel, starting with just a core idea. And the end result was so chaotic and was so much of a mess. I didn't even try to submit that one either because I couldn't salvage anything from it. And as you're experimenting with novels on the way to getting you know published, 
I thought I'd try it for a change and, and it didn't work. So I went back to what has worked for me, which is being a planner to some degree. So I always know on all my novels, I know the beginning, the middle and the end. I have world building in place. I have the characters in place. And I have a number of milestones along the way for most of the chapters. Not every single detail and not every single interaction, because I need to have some creative leaps in there. With the Judas Blossom, it was a little bit different because the milestones were more fixed. Normally, the events that I'm creating are just that. I've made them up. But with this, I was basing it upon certain events. And if you know the history of that period, there are certain things that happened that changed that part of the world. And so I couldn't exactly ignore them if I was trying to create a story that at least followed part of history during this era. So it was a slightly different process in that I had fixed points that I couldn't move. So I had to work out how to tell a story between or around Mm. or using these as springboards. Whereas normally, if I'm not happy with a thing, I can take it out or I can move it or I can just ignore it. So... It was, a, it was a more challenging planning process for the series than I've done for any of my others so far. Gotcha. Um, I'm, I'm curious, are you working on a new novel now? I know that this is a trilogy. Have you um, written all three novels? I'm halfway through writing book three as we speak. So two is done. It'll, it'll be going into edits soon, and it'll be out next year in July, and book three will be July 2025. So currently working on book three and I should finish, well, I will finish it this year and next year or very late this year, I'll start writing something completely new and not connected to this trilogy. Gotcha. Well, well, given your experience as, as you, as we've talked about in terms of, um, writing multiple novels, uh, going to events, going to, to, uh, we'll, we'll doing online, um, uh, writing communities, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels? If it's the first novel, I would suggest that people worry about it as little as possible. I know that's very, very difficult and it's easy to say, but the key thing for anybody working on a novel is I'd always suggest you work on one novel at once. Don't try and do multiple projects because I don't think that's good to begin with. Later down the process, if you're traditionally published and you will self-published, it becomes necessary because things overlap, even with the speed of traditional publishing, which is slow by comparison. But to begin with, focus on one novel and focus only on getting to the end of that first draft. However long it takes you to get there, however you do it, whether you set targets, whether it's so many words a day or so many words a month, whether it takes one year, two years or five years to finish the novel, finish it and get it done because you'll learn something from the process of doing it. You'll learn that by the time you get to the end of the book, you look back at what you've done. Even if you plan books like me, and you'll realize that it's a slightly different animal. You planned it and planned it and planned it, and during the course of working on it, things move, things change, character arcs will develop in a way that you hadn't necessarily anticipated, and only once you've finished it can you then step back from it all and begin the real work of editing it and making it into what you actually wanted, compared to what you have written in that first draft. I think it was um, Terry Pratchett who said the first draft was just like a vomit draft. You just get the words down and get it done. And I agree with that, really. That's what it's all about. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Oh, I'm always reading. Um, let's see. What have I read recently? 
Um, or how, oh, I'm going to have to look at my to read pile and my red pile. Um, I read The Boneshot Daughter by Andrea Stewart. I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed um, By Force Alone by Lavi Tidar. That was, that was fantastic. I've just reread Old Man's War for a book club by uh, John Scalzi. That's really, really good again. It's been a while since I've read it, so it was nice to go back and read it again. Um, I'm currently reading Empire of Silence by Christopher Rocchio. And it's absolutely fantastic. Really, really easy to read. Slightly intimidating because it's a huge doorstopper of a book, but it's super easy to read. Very, very good prose. Very clean. Very um, exciting story from the beginning. So, yeah, I'm digging into that and really enjoying it. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels? Sure. So you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. There's my website that's uh, a good place to find out what's going on with news and events. And also I have a YouTube channel that I do writing advice on and I interview other authors talking about their journey to getting published, whether it's self-published or traditional and how they got there because everyone's story, as you know, I'm sure is, is slightly different. So it's interesting to hear those stories about what happened and how they got there and how they progressed from um, the start of their journey to being published in whatever form that takes. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking to Stephen Aryan, author of the novel The Judas Blossom, book one of The Nightingale and the Falcon. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Stephen, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.